Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. Thank you so much. Thank you. Please be seated. I am just completely honored to be here tonight. Um, I have heard and watched and talking with your pastor many times on the phone and in person. I'm like, man, I got to see it. What's happening out there? Because I see what's happening through social media. But can I tell you, social media doesn't even begin to touch what I feel in this room. It's just you. you it's an experience, which is, I believe, what church should be. Uh, church should be encountered. Right. And so uh, I just love uh, the heart. Can I just brag on 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 a uh, on your young people for a second. We were at, okay, they're over here. I was at Rise Conference uh, this year in Orlando. And I got to tell you, the hungriest people in the room was Brave Church. I'm telling you, without a doubt, without a doubt, they're wild, hungry. It's not spiritual hype. It's spiritual passion. It was incredible. Even if, and you're talking about, I'm talking about like hungry out of two, three thousand students in a room. And uh, they, de- and so I even, I think I even said it from the stage. I was like, is that Brave Church right there? Is that David Stalker's church? And they were like, yeah! I was like, okay. But I, honestly, I think it's a reflection, obviously, of your youth pastor who I've just found out is the best one in the country. But he only gets that because leadership flows down, the anointing flows down. And I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I think you have one of the strongest, most definitive leaders in America right now in Pastor David. And I'm, you know me, I'm not a flatterer, I don't stroke backs, but I don't know anyone who can stand up under the strength and the weight of what he's had to walk through. And at the same time, what he carries is so fresh and so life-giving. Come on, are you excited and grateful that God puts you under somebody who will pray for you, fast for you, worship over you, declare, remind you what God said about you, pick up the phone in the middle of the night, meet about your marriage, about your babies, about your job, about your future. I'm telling you, can I, you, this is an amazing church. I get to be all over the world. I really do. I love everywhere I get to go. But man, can I tell you, you have an incredible leader. You have anointed worship. Man, if you ever complain about this church, you might as well punch yourself in the throat. <laughs> You're being a spoiled brat because this church is dope. I'm telling you right now, I love this church. <laughs> man, I'm just so excited to be here. I feel heaven's excited and hell better be nervous. Uh, I, I just know not because of what I've sensed in this room. I know that Pastor Jason is on the way. I know that Tabitha is on the way. I'm telling you, I'm telling this weekend, it, it's going to be dangerous ground. This is dangerous ground. going to be dangerous to cancer, depression, insecurity. I'm telling you, it's going to be dangerous to all kinds of heaviness, addictions, demonic harassment. It's going to be dangerous to generational curses, to marriage, to abuses, to past hurts. It's dangerous ground right now. I'm telling you right now. I, I feel it, but I realize this is my first time here. So let me tell you my story so you know where I'm coming from, okay? I grew up on the border of the United States and Mexico. And so I grew up in a city called El Paso. Did anybody know where El Paso's at? Of course, there's a room full of caramel people, all the brown people. Come on now. I think we got a few chocolate folk in here. Come on, where the chocolate at? Hey, hey. And we got some whipped cream too. Where the whipped cream at? Come on, whipped cream. Yeah, everybody got a sweet tooth in here. 
I, I grew up on the border, and honestly, nobody goes, nobody vacations in El Paso, all right? It's not South Beach. Nobody vacations in El Paso, okay? You, you only go to El Paso for two things. Number one, either to visit family or to do something illegal. That's the only reason you're in El Paso. So if you've probably seen Narcos or on Netflix, no, you're too holy for that. So I, 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 if you've ever seen, like, if you ever seen on the news where you've seen all the border wars and the cartel killings and the kidnappings and the trafficking, okay, those are all my cousins. <laughs> That's where I'm from. I'm from where we cut people first and ask questions later. That's where I'm from. So it wasn't long before I found myself by the age of 12, I had a, a lust problem, an anger issue, and a drug addiction, but I love to play basketball. Does anybody love to hoop in here? Come on, God, do something big in the Miami Heat. Come on, in the next two years, right? And I love to play basketball, and they had, there was this church down the street that had a gym, and they would open it up, and I would go and play, and they would do it right before their youth service, and then shut it down, try to get everybody in the gym to the service. Well, I would never stay. I would dip and leave and find somewhere else to play. But then the youth pastor was amazing, got involved in my life, and he came to me one day, and he said, hey, do you want to go to church camp? And I said, is there going to be hot girls there? Let's just get that out the way. I'm going to invest my time wisely. And he said, honest to God, he, he said, well, we're going to go for Jesus. I said, fine, you can go for Jesus. I'm going to get some phone numbers. Hey, I'm going to camp. What I didn't realize is on the first night of that camp, I got saved. I got filled with the Holy Spirit and I got called into ministry all in one night. It was a game changing night. And I've been ruined ever since. I went to Bible college I love the season of development. This is why I love Brave Life and what you guys are building here. You need that season in your life. Whether you're new to Christ or you've been with them, everybody needs to be refreshed from time to time and everybody needs to be rooted at the beginning. You need to be in Brave Life. So I went to school and then I went out and uh, through a long story short, I became the internet sales director uh, for luxury car companies like Rolls-Royce and Maserati and Bentley and Land Rover. We represented every luxury car company except Lamborghini. So by the age of 21, and my wife is 22, come on, older women. And so uh, by, the, by that age, we had made financial goals that most people retire at. Come on, that's a good place to say, man. I'm going to do that right now. It don't matter how wealthy you are, though. If you're not in the will of God, you'll be miserable. So God comes to us and says, listen, sell everything you have. Give it all away. And I want you to move to Sri Lanka. Now, how many know where Sri Lanka's at? All three of you. That's great. So Sri Lanka is 40 miles south of India. This was in the middle of a civil war. I remember mortar shells blowing up down the road from my house. I remember suicide bombers bombing the hotels we would stay in. I remember the intensity of the persecution where they're kidnapping uh, uh, missionaries and pastors and dismembering their body and spreading all over the city. And in the middle of all that persecution, God was still raising up his church. And we were seeing daily salvations, signs, wonders, healings, miracles. It was powerful came back and I took over a student ministry and we had this sweeping revival come through and we were watching, I'm telling you, I, I, that's what I loved about your youth ministry. There was such hunger on the inside. I, I loved our youth ministry because they didn't just go to church, they took risks. They, they were just revivalists and I, I would rather pastor that than some dead, lazy, over church, spiritually numb youth ministry any day. I mean, we had kids who would give their testimony in a classroom and the whole class would fall in the power of God, including the teacher who was Muslim. She had a two-minute visitation from Jesus in the classroom at a public school. We had, well, I mean, I had kids. I literally watched a kid cast demons out of her friend and order for McDonald's at the same time. The same time. I love that. We're going to have revival and dinner at the same time. I, 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 and then I got a call from Christ for the Nations. And they said, would you come and raise up those kind of leaders? And so we, we helped lead that to, I think it's at 68 campuses. 
uh, now across the planet. And just this month, we made the jump and joined the team at Missions Me for One Nation One Day. How many of you have ever heard of One Nation One Day? Where we are going in and meeting with, it's such a big vision, but our vision is to unite the global church to cause national transformation. And this summer in June, we're going to have the opportunity to take 5,000 people with us and we are raising up 5,000 Peruvians to have the largest missions team ever assembled in the history of mankind. And we are going to Peru. We've been working for two years with the government, with the president, his cabinet, all the church leaders, all unifying the church. Because I'm sorry, but the days of competition and being territorial and the church being divided, those days are over. This is a season of harvest. And we cannot have harvest falling through the cracks simply because somebody's feelings got hurt and their church is bigger than yours. Those days are done. And God is moving so mightily among the Peruvian church. It's incredible. And so we are seeing, we are feeling a great shaking happening uh, in Peru. And we, I think we're going to, we're going to do 15 simultaneous stadium events. The, the impact will not be hundreds of thousands. It will be millions. It will be broadcast on, uh, on their television, on their major networks. It'll be live streamed here. We'll be for nine days going from the jungles to the highlands to the cities from every high school doing uh, medical clinics. When I say medical clinics, just our dentists, we're bringing 500 dentists. I mean, just you have to understand we are going to descend on a country and we're going to pound the ground for revival and salvation in Peru. I'm telling you, the days of nations being changed in a day are here. And so now I get to help lead that and I get to help lead Missions Me uh, uh, College, which is an incredible uh, 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 school that we have out there in Orange County. I have four. Oh, I'm just so honored to be a part of it all. Uh, I've been married for 16 years. I have four beautiful kids. And honestly, I can't think of a better place to be than right here at Brave Church tonight. Come on, who's hungry for something fresh? Can I, can I tell you, I like that this is called Encounter Weekend. Can I tell you, I, 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 I love walking into what we're walking into, but the truth is what happens is there's always these two moments you get into in a service, all right? There's, and you have, I'm sorry, you always have two choices at one specific moment in a service, all right? There, you get to a high point where God is moving the room. I feel the presence of God in here. It's going to get thicker and stronger, and I feel like it hits here, and you have a choice. Some of us, we might do what we always have done, but friend, if you do what you've always done, you'll, set, you'll never have what you should have. You'll never see what you should see, and you'll never go where you should go. But if you will let your hunger for a fresh encounter with God Almighty take you, your hunger will take you to places you have never been, to see things you have never seen, to do things you thought you could never do, and to become somebody who only God said we can. So I wonder if there's hungry people in this room, from the front to the back, who want an encounter, not with Chris Estrada, but with Jesus, King of the universe, undefeated, matchless in every way, powerful, routing armies and destroying your enemies. I believe it. I believe it. I got a fresh word, and I don't have to tell this church preach back at me, so that feels good. Are you ready for the word? Yeah. All right. Turn on your Bible and go to... I know what day we live in. Okay, turn it on. Turn on your Bible and go to Acts chapter 3. Acts, the third chapter, please. Acts chapter 3. And uh, I, I'm gonna, we're going to pick up in the middle of the situation. Let me give you some background. Peter is about to step into one of his defining moments. Now, let me say it like this. I, I think all of us have defining moments. Uh, some, of us mar- some of those moments marked us uh, uh, in a negative way where, where there's pain attached to it. And then there's moments where there, it marked us for the better and it pushed us forward. And, and Peter, you know, I feel like if God 
can love Peter. He can love anybody. Are you with me? The the truth is because Peter, can anybody relate to this? Because I know I can. Peter had on days and off days. Anybody else? Peter was strong and then he was weak. He was good and then he was dumb. Right? I mean, like he was smart and wise and then he had the spirit of stupid come on his life so fast. Right? But this is one of Peter's better moments. This is a bigger defining moment for Peter right here. And we're going to read here in Acts chapter 3. I love this chapter. This is the first recorded healing uh, miracle in the New Testament. It says this, Acts chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, who was carried, who would they would lay daily at the gate. Everybody say daily. daily. Say daily. daily. I want you to remember that. They would lay this man daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to beg from those who enter the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, started begging to them. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. I love verse 6. I I could preach all night on verse 6. I love verse 6 because verse 6 forces you to a choice. Verse 6 requests you to make a demonstration of God's power. Verse 6, I love verse 6 because the devil hates verse 6. I'll be honest with you. He says, rise up in the name of Jesus. Verse 6 shakes passivity off of you. Verse 6 shakes dust off of you. Verse 6 causes something to be triggered and activated on the inside of you. I love verse 6. Let's go ahead. Let's keep going. Verse 7. And it took him, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, this man, leaped up, stood, walked, and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God, and all the people saw it. Verse 10. Then they knew it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I want to pray tonight. Would you pray with me, church? Come on, don't just listen to me. Holy Spirit, I ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you for these group of men and women. Father, I speak to this atmosphere and I say that you are full of hope and you are full of peace and you are full of joy and you are full of power and I come against every limit, every restriction, every barrier, every lie, every demonic harassment and I break it right now in Jesus' name and I call every man and every woman into their season, into their destiny, into their greatness, in their identity. Devil, we serve notice to you that you cannot have Miami. You don't get to have Dade County. You don't get to have our families. You don't get our schools. You don't get our kids. You don't get our futures. I thank you, God, that you're going to begin a great shaking in this part of the world where there is going to be no one safe from the love of God. We don't want weak fire. We don't want synthetic fire. We want authentic fire. We want the historic outpouring of the Holy Spirit that transforms nations and completely tears down the enemies and the strongholds that he sets up. Lord, we're tired of praying words we don't mean, of singing songs we don't live. Jesus, I I thank you that you're raising up a remnant on the inside of what could be one of the hardest cities on the planet. And there is a righteous tribe that is in this place that is hungering and believing and believing and countering and fasting and fasting. Let them birth revival like never before. 
Let them, set, let them have dreams and then that dream becomes a reality that day. I dispatch angels and I unlock things in the heavenlies right now. I, I get rid of excuses. I get rid of passivity. I get rid of stupid reasons that hold us back. The type of things we fall back to. And I ask you that you would ruin us tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen. amen. I feel like praying. I tell you, I prayed myself into something in my hotel room this afternoon. I'm calling this message ruined. I, 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 I believe it's time that you get ruined. Don't tell me that you encountered Jesus, but you stayed the same. Because you didn't encounter Jesus. You may have come to church and you encountered church. But anyone who encountered Jesus became ruined. I'm not talking about ruined in the worldly way where you lose value. I'm talking about ruined in a kingdom way where you increase in value, where your weight is put up, where you have spiritual gains and you put on the spiritual muscle to be able to carry an anointing into your life. I, 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 uh, I, I, I remember a time, uh, the first time God ever really challenged me on this. Um, I told you I grew up in El Paso, and what you may not understand is that is the desert. That's like West Texas desert. It, it's like, it, it, and it's bright, sunny outside. And I remember I was, I remember I was, um, I was going helping uh, at a, a, a see you at the pole. It's a prayer meeting at a school, and I was walking a friend back to her car because you had to know where to park. It was dangerous at this school, and, and, and you and they had weird parking zones. And I actually got kicked out of this high school. But that's a totally different sermon. Um, but I, I remember. I, I, uh, I remember I walked her back to her car and she's like, she's like, where's my car? I'm like, did you park right here? She's like, I park right here. I'm like, you sure you park right here? She's like, I park right here. I said, well, you can't park here. That's a no parking sign. And she said, they don't mean that. And I'm like, well, apparently they do because your car's like no longer here. I, I like sarcasm. Jesus was sarcastic. So, so I, 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 I remember I said, call the, call the number. Sure enough, they towed her car away. She says, hey, can you give me a ride? I'm like, dope. Let's do it. So Wait, I drive over. It's bright sunny outside. Okay, it's desert. Everything's brown. All right, everything's brown. The ground's brown. The food's brown. The people are brown. Everything's brown. Okay, if, if, if we want to get excited, we use beige. Ooh, beige. You know, wow. So creative. So I remember we, we drive on. It's dirt, lot, cars everywhere, one trailer. I walk up the stairs. I go into this trailer. As soon as the door closes behind me, it's like all the sunlight vanished. It's completely dark in this trailer, and there's one light flickering at the end of a hallway like this. I don't know what this is, but this flickering tonight, okay? I remember it's flickering like this, and then a figure of a man appears, and it says, what do y'all want? And I told my friend, I said, hey, hey, that is talking to you. And she said, hi, I'm the one that parked no parking zone. And it, it yelled at us. He's like, you parking no parking zone? How come you parking no parking? How you parking no parking? Stop parking no parking zone. Jimmy, run around on car back, right, right, Stop parking no parking. Tired of people parking my car. We're like, okay. Now, I, I don't know what kind of Christians you're growing up with or you hang out with, but the ones I grew up were like warfare driven. I mean, they were trying to pick a fight with the devil in trees, car batteries, popsicles. It didn't matter. If it had a deal, they were going to deal with it. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's all the Latinos. I'm telling you, we're ready to fight no matter what. <laughs> Brown and proud, baby, right? So we go in. I mean, it was just all out assault everywhere we went. So I'm standing there. My friend looks at me and she goes, Chris. I'm like, sup? And she's like, Chris. She's like, we've been sent to the Lord here. And I said, no, 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 no. I said, you have been sent in the Lord here. I knew where to park. And she said, stop playing. I said, no, you stop playing. She said, stop playing. I said, fine. So I did what any Christian does in this situation. When you feel forced, I know what we do. I pretended to pray. 
Oh, don't judge. Don't look at me like that. Don't judge me. Like, like you didn't do that tonight. Some of the youth were making sure they were single. You know, like, she hot. I've been in youth ministry way too long. So I pretended to pray. So I'm over there like this. You know, like interpretive dance, whimsical. The whole but then God speaks to me. And he says, son, I want you to wash that man's feet. Son, I want you to wash that man's feet. I said, no, I ain't washing his feet. He says, son, wash his feet. I said, I'm not washing his feet. He said, I feel this holy pressure come on me more. He said, son, wash his feet. I'm like, come here. First off, we don't even know what that is. Okay. (laughs) Secondly, you want me to wash its feet. I'm not washing his feet. And I feel it again. Son, wash his feet. I'm like, you created it. You wash his feet. (laughs) I mean, I'm like, you ever had one of those arguments with God? Yeah. Any honest Christians in here? Yeah. And so, so I remember I'm just going back and forth with the Lord. And he's like, wash his feet. I'm like, no, wash his feet. I'm like, fuck. So I sneak back in and I grab this nasty mug that Moses drank out of. It was so old. And I remember the whole they had past day was cold water. I'm thinking as soon as I pour cold water on this man's hoof, he's going to punch me in the throat. So I take this cold water. I, I, or let me back up. I, I have this cold water. This guy comes in. Now we're talking about a big, hairy, sweaty dude. All right. Like, I mean, he's coming in, pulling his pants. He's cracking everybody up as he's walking in. I mean, this dude, it's wrong. This dude hadn't showered in decades and so he comes in can't believe parking no parking zone who gonna park in no parking zone how you gonna park in no parking and sits down and i said sir listen sorry but look we're christians and god speaks to us and he told me that he wants me to wash your feet <laughs> and this guy went you want to wash my feet and i said yes and he said uh He's, he's, and then he's like, okay, go ahead. I'm like, this dude's a freak right now. <laughs> like, what? Okay, go ahead. So I sit down. I'm telling you. He, I said, sit down. So he sits down in his chair. I walk over. He takes off his shoe, y'all. I still remember what his pata smelled like. It smelled like death. And I know what death smells like. It smells like whatever is in his zapato. I'm telling you, it's nasty. So I, I, I'm sitting there. And I, and I smell, and then, then I take his sock off. I don't take his sock, I peel his sock off him like it was a banana. I peel, and I come back on the cracks of his heels. Y'all, he had cracks, crevices in his heels. There were dead bodies probably stuffed in that heel. And then I came over the top of his feet, and he had the hairiest feet you have ever seen in your life. Looked like a bunch of spiders just having a meeting on the top of his foot. If, if there was a wind, it would have been... It would have done like that right there. It would have done like that. Then I came on his big toe. He had a big toe that was yellow. Yellow. I'm talking about highlighter, glow in the dark, radioactive. Yellow. I mean, this thing was so big, it looked like his toe had a tooth. You could have named it Chomper. It's just gross. I'm looking at his foot. I kid you not. I'm like, Lord, this is proof that you hate me. I'm sitting there. Got this cold water. I'm like all kinds of nervous. I take this cold water, pour it on his foot, <laughs> comb his hair. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's so stupid. Anyway. <laughs> and I remember the water coming off his foot, like it was clear, but it was coming off his foot black gray. And I remember, I remember how I started my prayer. I kid you not. Hurt in the ground. I could feel the sweat deposits breaking. I could feel it all. I remember how I started my prayer. I kid you not, bro. I started my prayer. I went like, Lord, 
these feet have seen some rough years. That's how I started my prophetic prayer. But after that, something shifted on the inside of me. I said, Lord, these feet have seen some rough years, but I believe this man, he's separated from his wife. He's got two sons and he's worried about losing his marriage and not being a good dad. And I see this as a generational curse. And I declare right now that this is broken off his life and I call him into reconciliation. I call restoration with his sons and I thank you. This will not be his son's story. And I break it right now and I command to be free. And this dude, this big hairy swear dude starts to cry. <laughs> Everything's jiggling like jello. <laughs> I look at my friend, she's in the corner like this. Look at her, and I'm like, sissy. I remember he is weeping, he's messed up. And I remember we hear the car pull up, he's like, do you mind stopping? I don't want my coworker to see me like this. I said, sure, I have no, I, I have no problem stopping. Uh, so I sneak back in, and I wash my hands with Clorox, and then I, I come out. And I remember we called a man in our church who lived down the road. He came down and led the man to Jesus, and he's still in that church to this day. Come on, let's give God glory. But I remember the conversation on the way home. I remember being so mad at the Lord. I was like, Lord, you can't just be showing up in my life like unannounced like that. I'm like, how, I, 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 like, I like schedules, I like lines, I like order, I like this. I'm like, how, you can't be doing these encounters in my life unannounced. You got to DM somebody, I mean, shoot me a text, set up a smoke signal or something. I was so mad. I said, Lord, how am I supposed to live the same way? How am I supposed to be normal and do, how do I know, how do I live the same way knowing you can do this? How am I supposed to be normal? I feel like you're ruining me. And I heard the loudest shout I've ever heard him say to me. He said, Exactly. He said, I never called you to be normal. I am ruining you for normal. I am ruining you for weakness. I am ruining you for fear. I am ruining you to a place where you will only trust me, where you will depend on me, not your degrees, not your friends, not your connections, not your talent, not your skills. This is why you need Bray Life in your life. This is why you need the next two years to go through so that God can strip things away and you can unlearn things and relearn the same way. This is why you need an encounter with Jesus constantly. It's not just going to take one time because when you're ruined, normal will not satisfy you. Normal is always changing. Normal gets a different definition. Normal looks like a different thing every single day. You are ruined. You know what I find is we have these encounter weekends. We've done these all the time. And I'm telling you, we worship like we've lost our mind. I'm telling you, Sunday morning is going to be insane in this room. There's going to be such incredible hunger. But then I've watched people who just worship, believe God, get prophetic words, are activated, sent out, released like arrows out of God's bow. And then two weeks later, it's like they're back in the same thing. It's like the same as I've been pastoring long enough to know. I've seen this all the time. And then I came across a verse in 1 John chapter 2. It said, be careful to not lose that which you have gained. In other words, it's not that you did not encounter Jesus. It's that you did nothing with that encounter that you had. See, I, I, I believe that we're not just here this weekend to just have another one-liner so that you can tweet your favorite quotes, so that you can sing spiritual karaoke and get a spiritual goosebump. No, you are here to meet with God Almighty so that something can shake free in your life and you are lessened. You are, you are living proof that God can reach anywhere, anytime and ruin you. It's dangerous ground for some of you. 
Because you've been living the same for far too long and then you expect different results. You pray the same way. You worship the same way. You fast the same times. You don't do anything extra. You got great church attendance. But how many of you led to Jesus? You can pray in the altar, but can you prophesy like that at Walmart? I want to know that you've been ruined. I want to know that you carry something. I want to know that hell gets nervous when you're awake and it takes a sigh of relief when you fall asleep. I want to know that the plan of God that is in your life is being followed that you are in step with the Holy Spirit. You're ruined. You didn't come here for the same thing. You're not joining Brave Life so you can have the same life. You came here so God could transform you, change you, disciple you, build you, develop you, chisel you, correct you, and send you out. You are ruined. You are not the same person. This is what it takes. It takes that decision right there. I'm letting go of what's easy. I'm letting go of what's comfortable. And you know what I learned a long time ago? This is not even my notes, but disciples make decisions. They make decisions. Okay, let me give you, you remember uh, John chapter 6? Jesus says this. He says this. He says, if you want the new covenant, eat my flesh and drink my blood. And then he doesn't say anything else. Jesus is smooth, man. He just knows when the mic drop. Eat, you want to be with me in heaven? You want a new covenant? Eat my flesh, drink my blood. And like, the whole crowd, the Bible says the crowds left him one by one. Then he turns to the disciples and says, you're going to leave too? And they're about a year and a half into this thing and they're like, well, where are we going to go? I mean, we done committed to your crazy self. Now we got, you know. So Jesus says nothing else about this. I mean, but they're like, can you imagine traveling with that for about three, three and a half years? Eat his flesh, drink his blood. It sent a whole multitude away. Except these 12 are like, we're going, we're going to have to eat it. We just... We're going, you know, turn up. I mean, they travel with that. And then Jesus says, all right, guys, listen, I'm going to be betrayed. But before that, we need to go have the last supper. Can you imagine what's pulling up in your memory? If you're one of those, like, hey, what's what? What? So can you imagine like getting your, like mentally, like trying to get yourself there? So they get up to the, remember, they get up to the upper room. And then Jesus pulls out the bread and he goes, this is my body. And then he pulls out the cup. This is my butt. Can you imagine the sigh of relief? Like, oh, thank you. Oh, my. Jesus, stop it. You play too much, sir. I'm about to eat your arm, son. I mean, with little hummus and black olives, I'm good. I could have got there. But, man, there were thousands that missed out on that moment and only 12 got it because disciples make decisions. Don't you think that you're going to come in here and God's not going to ask you to lay stuff down, to sacrifice more, to serve longer, to build harder, to give more? Don't you think that your marriage is safe when you really need, what you really need is an encounter with God. Maybe not even just for you, but let's talk about your babies and let's talk about your coworkers and let's talk about your neighborhood. You are ruined. You're not going to be the same. I remember the days when people went to church just to see what God was going to do. Not because the donuts were fresher and the coffee was better. They came because they were hungry. They were different people. They were ruined. And if we're going to be ruined, let me give you three things. Number one, number one, this is so important. Don't go back to normal. Do not go back to normal. You know, the, the truth is some of us were weird before we got saved. You're just weirder now that you're saved. You've got like some excuse. I'm telling you, the weirdest people are in church. They're not in crack houses. They're, they're, they're not in mental. They're in church. I've, anyways, 
So we're like, if you're not laughing, or if you're laughing, you're probably that. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> I'm one of the weird ones. Can I, can I just be honest with you? Why would you want to go back to who you were before you came in here tonight? Why on Monday would you go back to who God, said, who God changed you from? Why, why would you want to go back? You know, it's interesting to me. I, 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 I'm not raising normal kids. My kids are going to be weird. I, I want my kids to love the church, but I want them to know Jesus. And I, I'm, I'm, let me give you an example. My daughter, Jasmine, at this time she was seven, but she's like, today she's nine going on 45. And she came up to my chair and she was just, she looked at me and she goes, Dad, listen, how's your marriage? Your mom good? Do we need to pray about it? How's your marriage? I'm like, you're nine. Go over there. You don't even know how to spare marriage. That's Jasmine, okay? So I remember I'm in Wisconsin and I'm preaching and there's packed altars. My wife is holding our, our youngest daughter, prophesying on the mic. My son, my oldest son, Elisha's laying hands on somebody over here. I'm praying for someone else. And Jasmine's walking around. At this time, I think she was, she might have been five at this time. She was walking around and she's looking for someone to lay hands on. And she goes, hmm. <laughs> hmm. And then she sees this girl and she goes over and she goes, you, come here. This girl like walks forward. She goes, hmm. <laughs> hmm. She says, um, God said that you're to have a smiley life and no more tears. A smiley life and no more tears. And when she said it the second time, the girl went out and the power of God, boom, just like that. So Jasmine's like, hmm. And she just kept walking. Another the first time she's seen that. And I remember about seven, eight weeks later, we get a message on Facebook from this girl. She says, listen, you don't know me, but she described the night in that moment with Jasmine. She said, when your daughter said I'm supposed to have a smiley life and no more tears, she said, man, I, I, can I tell you, she says, I've been on heavy medication since the age of nine for depression. I have clinical depression. And I, I, I've had my dad die on me in a car accident. I had my brother die in a car accident. I had all these people leave me. I was abused. I was molested. She had all this stuff going on in her life. And she was borderline PTSD at, at like age nine. I mean, just, just dramatic. She said, though, when she said it the second time, the power of God came on her, pow, she went out like that. And then she got up. She was completely different. She ran back to her room. Please tell your parents if you did, before you do this. She ran back to her room, grabbed all her meds, and dumped them down the toilet. She came back. She had been off her meds now for about two months. She had just come back from the doctor because her mom was upset. She's like, I can't believe you've been off your meds. So she takes her to the doctor, and the doctor has this, like, talk. He says, listen. He says, listen, you, you, you really need to take your medication. You know what we're treating you for. You know this is long term. You, you know that you don't just need this. You need therapy. And, and she's like, no, I don't need it anymore. And she says, listen, if you want to have a normal life, you need to take these meds. That's all that girl heard was normal life. She said, that's it. She jumped out of church. She said, that's the problem is I've been ruined for normal because I gave my life to Jesus two months ago and he does not have any side effects and I don't need to do that. She had been ruined by the therapy session with another alcohol, with another this and another that. She had been ruined. Where are the people at who knows what it's like to have addictions broken off of your life, to have your marriages restored, to have your bodies healed, to have your loved ones come to Jesus? I wonder if there's anyone in this world who wants the same thing for Miami, for the city, for the nation. You can't go back to normal. Peter, if the Bible says in this, Peter fixes his eyes on him. It says this man gave them his attention and Peter fixes his eyes. You know what the truth is? Peter had, this is not the first time Peter had seen this beggar in Acts chapter 3. In fact, you find out Acts chapter 4 verse 22, it says he's been there for 40 years. Every day Peter has seen this guy. 
So what made this time different than all the other times is Peter had a different set of options. Let me, let me break it down. Peter had been ruined. Because you remember John chapter 18, he says, Jesus, I'll die for you. And Jesus says, look, before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. John chapter 19, John chapter 20, that happens. Peter is so overwhelmed with spiritual depression and heaviness. Man, I feel that thing breaking right now. Just this, head, this dark cloud. Off your, I break it right now. Uh, he, he was so overwhelmed that in John chapter 21, verse 3, it says that he, it says, and Peter says, I'm going fishing. That's not a, I'm hungry, so let's go fishing, or I'm bored, let's go fishing. You know what that is? That's, I used to be a fisherman, so I'm going back to fishing. He is going back to what was safe, back to what was easy, back to what is normal. You know what I have found is people will start something like Brave Life, and then over time, you get that text message from him or her. You get that opportunity or you don't understand the priority of what God is doing in your life and you mix up your priorities and you go back to normal. God, listen, the truth is, I think one of the biggest lies, there's two lies really on, on this generation, on the church right now, is it's not don't try that, don't pray for the sick, don't take faith steps. You know what it is? The biggest lie on us is just be normal. Just be like everybody else. Don't say too much. Don't take stands. Don't stand up for life. Don't stand up for purity. Just be, nor be like everybody. Be normal. Look, if God wanted us to be normal, he, de- he shouldn't have given us this book. He shouldn't have sent Jesus, and he definitely gave us the wrong Holy Spirit, because you cannot be the same. You are going to be different. This is called Encounter Week, and you are different. I, I, I think some of us, we, 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 the second lie I find is that there's this, there's this element in our life that we feel like we're never good enough. That's why we have brave life. It's not that you were ever good enough. Well, Pastor Chris, I want to be ready. <laughs> you ain't never going to be ready. Okay, let me just help you out. This is good prophetic ministry. You will never be ready. Receive that right now. Jesus, just take it. Take it. All of it. It's total. All of it. Just take it. It's true you'll never be ready. Listen, the Bible's not full of people that had a plan. Have you read this thing? Hey, Noah, go build a boat where there's no water. Moses, just speak to the rock and water going to come out the rock. Either you're smoking too much of what you're selling or you probably heard God. Hey, Mary, in nine months, you're going to give birth and Mary's still single. Like Gideon was too scared. Abraham was too old and Mary's still single. You understand what I'm telling you? You, You'll never be ready. How many of you are ready to be married? Yeah, nobody. All the single people are like, oh, please send my Boaz. Oh, Jesus. You, you You ain't ready. I get, but I work at a Bible college and everybody, you know, thinks they're going to meet their wife tomorrow. Everybody's like in heat. And they're like, Pastor Chris, I need my Boaz. Where's my Boaz? I'm like, well, when you become Ruth, you'll get Boaz. But until that happens, that is not going to happen in your life. And can I help somebody out? Maybe Delilah or a Delilah. The thing you can do to enforce encounters is break up with who you're dating because they have turned into a Delilah or a Delilah in your life. I'm going to just leave that right there. I'm going I'm to just leave that right there. I'll just leave that right there. I, I don't want you going back to normal. Listen, you don't, can I be honest with you? The truth is, what you get here, it's easy. This is easy. Man, it's easy to experience God here. Man, you got dope lights. There's so many lights on me. I feel like a piece of chicken at Popeye's. <laughs> I, I, like, it's easy. Trust me. It's easy. You got the dope, big old screen. You got the lion, the lion. I mean, it's awesome. You got chairs. 
just phenomenal worship, incredible prayer. It's easy, but if you're not careful, you'll need all of this to encounter him. The truth is, what would it be like if what you were getting in your prayer closet was just heavier, was just bigger, was better than anything you got corporately, and you started bringing that in, and then the culmination of that anointing and that hunger began to leave drug addicts that would walk in the parking lot, would get delivered before they stepped foot in the sanctuary. What would it be like if you got so encountered by God that you shut down rehab centers because there's no more addicts, that you shut down cancer wards and cancer wings because all they did was just drive by, church and got completely healed don't go back to normal you are ruined you are ruined for normal here's the second thing here's the second thing now I feel the spirit of God in this place here's the second thing Jesus I, I feel this is so important number two dangerous places are safe places in the kingdom don't think that you're gonna go from an encounter weekend to another service, to another moment, to another conference. You don't need another conference after this. You don't need another podcast. You don't need another teaching. You don't need another. At some point, the training is not going to be enough. And the truth is, you're not going to need any more training. You're going to need courage. Because you're going to have to go into some place that you have considered dangerous. And I am tired of culture telling me what is okay for a Christian to speak about and what is okay for them to stand up for. Listen, I'm saved, but I'm not soft. And I'll call abortion what it is. It's murder of babies. And I'll call traditional marriage what it is. And I'll call sin, sin. And I'll call, oh, it's ungodly, ungodly. My Bible says, be careful those who call evil good and good evil. You're going to have to step on dangerous places. We're not villainizing any person, but I'm not putting up. I am not okay with corruption in my country. I am not okay with abortion. I am not okay with teen suicide. I am not okay with school shootings. I am not okay with the exposure to pornography first time being six years old. I'm not okay. Things have got to change. We need an encounter with God. We need dangerous places again, and people don't mind going behind enemy lines. I remember one time I was driving down the road and I see this psychic over here. On, I'm driving and he just down the road from our campus. And I always stretch my hands and pray, Lord, I lift the veil. I ask for the kingdom of God to be established there. I remember one day the Lord said, I, I gave you hands, but I also gave you a mouth too. And I thought, that's weird. So I just kept driving. <laughs> so I get back in my office. The president of God fills my office and he says, son, you need to go visit that psychic. I'm like, did you just hear yourself? Son, I need you to go talk to that psychic. I'm like, Lord, I'm busy. I got emails, I got phone calls, I got meetings. It's going to back me up. And, and I just feel, again, this holy harassment come on me. Like, go visit the psychic. So I grabbed my, assist, I, I grabbed my wallet, my, my keys, and my car, and my assistant, and I told her, I said, hey, listen, uh, I, I got to go vi visit the psychic. I'm going to be right back. She's like, okay. She already knows I'm weird. So, so I get in the car. Kid you not, I get in the car. I'm driving. And I remember, uh, I'm telling the Lord, I'm like, Lord, why do you want me to go? And then heaven is silent. You ever had one of these? Like you're on your way to do what God tells you to do, and then he just goes, mm. You, listen, I just feel this right now. You know why he goes silent? It's not because he's ignoring you or you did something wrong. When God goes silent 99% of the time, he goes silent because he's trying to create a greater hunger on the inside of you so that you would lean in a little bit more. God, I'm not leaving until you give it. I need to hear you, and I'm not leaving. I don't care if I miss lunch. I don't care if I'm late. I don't care if I don't get that. I don't care if I don't go. I want what you're going to say to me. Is he creating a greater hunger? I, I, 
Some of you, I feel like there's a majority in this room, he's been silent on some areas and you're wondering, God, why? You didn't do anything wrong. He's waiting for your hunger to reach the right place. Because you need the spiritual muscle it takes to work through that process. Because baby, if you don't go through the process to get it, you'll never have the power to keep it. And what God wants you to have is not just to gain something, he wants you to sustain something. So I'm sitting there like, God, what's up? Please tell me where I'm going. Nothing. I get to the door. I knock on the door. And the guy answers all man. He's like, what do you want? And I'm like, hi. <laughs> and he asks me again, what do you want? And I said, hi, twice. Kid you not? I went, hi. The most awkward hi in the world. I said, hi, I'm a neighbor down the road. And in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, Lord, what do we want? <laughs> and, and, and I'm thinking, I'm a neighbor down the road. And I said, I just want to ask you some questions. He's like, about what? I'm like, just um, about your business? He's like, what do you want to ask? I said, I'll pay you for your time. He's like, oh, come on in. Come on in. Your money talks, right? So I, I'm sitting there, and on his couch, I'm expecting, like, brooms to be sweeping on their own and warlocks to be levitating and all kinds of stuff. It looked like a normal house. I was like, wow, this is not what I expected. So I sat down on his couch. He had plastic on his couch. That's how I know he's from the hood. And so I sat down on his couch. And he said, what do you want to ask? I said, well, tell me how long you've been a psychic palm reader. And he's like, well, my family, we're, I'm the third generation. So he's like, you know, bragging. You know, he's like, oh, my family was a third generation. So I can see six months in the future. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I said, you know, the Lord's used me to prophesy to people that are going to have babies or make career changes or be sent to nations uh, all over the world. And he's like, oh, you're a Christian. I said, yes, sir, I am. He said, oh, I am too. I said, really? <laughs> yeah, you don't take me to give, I'm, I'm like triggered. <laughs> he said, oh, I'm a Christian. I said, really? He said, yeah, it's Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit that gives me the right to do what I'm doing. I said, I don't think we serve the same Jesus, but that's okay. We can talk about that later. <laughs> I said, sir, I know why I'm here. God wanted me to pray for you. To be honest with you, God sent me over here. He wants me to lay hands on you. And I went to go lay hands on him. He goes, don't touch me. Don't touch me. I'll lose it. I don't want to lose it. Please don't touch me. And I'm like, eh, ah, 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 You know, like I, I, I got all excited. But then he's like pushing me off the couch, right? Like pushing me. And then he's got me out the door and he's going to slam the door in my face. And I put my foot there. I'm like, sir, please let me pray for you. And then he slams the door. Then he, and I'm like behind the door. I'm like, sir, please let me pray for you. Then he kicks my foot and I look and the door slams, pow, right in my face like that. I turn around to heaven. I turn around and I go, go visit the psychic. Go talk to him. I, I told you that was a waste of my time. Now, before you, some of you think I'm irreverent, my Bible says, David said, pour out your heart to God. I think some of our prayer life and our encounter has been hindered because we're too busy trying to tell God what we think he wants to hear. We're so good. We know what scriptures to quote and we even know what songs to sing, but we're not being honest with him. He is a big God. He's a big boy. He can take me and say, Lord, I'm uncomfortable with what you're doing in my life. I'm not saying stop. I'm just telling you this is a bucket of suck. I think some of us are missing out on an encounter if we're not careful. I remember I, I said, Lord, go with this thing. You know, and, and, and the Lord said, son, I wanted to show you something, not him. I'm like, what's up? He's like, son, I wanted to show what a counterfeit does when it's standing in front of the real thing. Man, let me tell you, I got so stirred from that. The truth is, don't you dare let the enemy tell you what's possible and impossible. Because my Bible says, all things are possible with God. All things, everything. They're not one thing. Everything is possible with a risen Savior, with the power of the Holy Spirit, with the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Just give me one person who's had an encounter with God and we can take a city.
places are safe places in the kingdom. And what we need is an encounter that ruins us. And we don't understand social barriers anymore. And we don't understand lines and ethnic lines and social lines and political lines. There's an encounter coming that will leave you so politically incorrect, but yet righteously correct. There's an encounter coming. I'm telling you, I feel the stirring of it in this house. You need to be in dangerous places. Don't tell me that's the hood. No, that's where God is going to encounter them. Don't tell me that's a crack house. No, that's the next satellite campus of Brave Church. Don't tell me that's what the cartels own. No, the wealth of the righteous is stored, the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. They just don't know you, but they bought it for me. I'm here to tell you dangerous places are safe places. You are a ruined people. And when you have a fresh encounter with God, everything changes. Everything changes. Not one thing stays the same. I think one of the biggest lies on our generation, and I'm not talking about young people, I'm talking about the generation on the church right now. You know one of the biggest lies is? Truth is, is you think, we think everything is automatic. Like that'll happen. I'll go after healing like that. I'll, I'll, I'll prophesy. I'll do all that. But we think it's automatic. The truth is, it's about intentionality. Choices, not chance, determines destiny. It's, it's about intentionality. We think everything's automatic. You know, let me help you out. Uh, uh, salvation, that's free. Holy Spirit, he's free. Grace, that's free. Obedience, that will cost you. Right? Follow through, that will cost you. Huh? Encounter, that will cost you. That will send you in a place of discomfort. That will send you into places you thought your, parent, your own family will think you're insane. I can't tell you how many people told us we were insane for leaving such financial stability and going to a war zone. But we're like, man, God's in it. It's awesome. I'm telling you, people will look at you weird. I had the v- vice president, Mercedes Benz, say, you're making a mistake. I said, in, in corporate America, yes. But in the kingdom of God, I am not. That man still calls me. Can you pray for me? <laughs> it's cute. Peter says to this man, look at us. Fixing us, he says, look at us. He says, silver and gold I do not have. Well, what I do have, I give you. You know, Peter, he didn't have the screen. He didn't have the resources. He didn't have the lights. He didn't have the screen. He didn't have brave life. He didn't have all the wealth. What we have today is we have all the lights, the screens, the resources. But we don't have any power anymore. I think powerlessness should be questioned. Don't tell me you're a Christian and you can't. I'm tired of all these guys that are amazing speakers and I love all of my friends and I don't ever want to discount them. But I'm tired of watching services go so strong and passionate in the word and then they can't cast out a $2 demon in the altar call. I am tired of that. I'm tired of people prophesying one way at church and a different. They can't even do that at the restaurant. I'm tired. You can be generous here, but you can't be generous in your family. I don't understand how you can honor the pastor, but not honor your own family or your wife. What is wrong? We've lost power. Dangerous places are safe places in the kingdom. Could it possibly be that we are missing out on great deposits of courage and faith simply because we're not stepping over into enemy territory and taking risks anymore? Here's the last thing. If we're going to be ruined for normal, number one, don't go back to normal. Number two, dangerous places are safe places. And number three, he is the God of right now. When you have an encounter, you, you, you remember that. He met me there. He met me at this time. 
but he is always. The Bible says, Hebrews 13, 8, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I think some of us are caught up in the yesterday of God. We're caught up in the good old days. I'm all for what God did in the 80s. I honor what God did in the night, but I want the fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I don't want people pointing me back to oh, what it was like in the 70s. I honor fathers and mothers of revival. They paved the way for me to be, even be here. They paid so many costs, but friend, I don't need what's been. And then there's some of us who are caught up in the forever God. We're called what I call the someday. Well, someday, Pastor Chris, I'll pray for the sick like that. I'll heal the sick. Someday I'll raise the dead. Someday I'll prophesy. Someday. No, you missed between uh, uh, the same yesterday and forever. There was a space. And Bible translators did not have a word that we have. They had the word today. But in our day, what we have is now. Ahora. Now. God is the God of right now. I don't care what day. Because I don't need a God that just works on Sundays. And I definitely don't need a God that works at conferences. And I don't need a God that just works at a special. I need a God that works on Tuesdays at midnight. And Thursday mornings when I got tears coming down my face. Because I'm praying for my babies. I need a God that works in marriages. I need a God that owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Because my bills aren't lying to me. He is the God of right now. It's not the God of when it's convenient. He'll meet you wherever he's at. No matter what shape you're in, it doesn't matter. Quit trying to satisfy yourself off a of normal. He's the God of right now. You will never be satisfied. I'm sorry, but this weekend is going to ruin your spiritual appetite. It is going to ruin your walk. It is going to ruin the way you see things. And not in the negative way. You're going to look at crutches and wheelchairs differently. You're going to look at those family members who don't know Jesus yet differently. I'm telling you, you're going to look at them and there's going to be such a compassion on the inside of you. You can literally see six months from now, they're going to be sitting right next to you in the same church, hollering about the same message, lifting their hands during the same songs, going to the same groups and be a part of Brave Life. Oh God, would you ruin us tonight in such a way that we have a fresh encounter and we are never the same. ruining you. He's ruining you. Would you stand up with me? He's ruining you. He's ruining you. It, 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 we're raising the bar. This is not good preaching tonight. The, really, the truth is I came to provoke you. I came to tell you it's not enough. Where you've been is not enough. And you've just getting started right here at four or five years has seen a lot. But we are just getting started right here at Brave Miami. Things are just now starting to get a little bit warm. It ain't even hot yet. And I just feel the presence of God in this place. I feel like there's people in this room. You've been wanting a fresh encounter. I just, I, I'm just going to go for this. But there are cycles in your life. The truth is... There are cycles that you keep running back. You get free and then you go back to that torment. You get free and you go back to that attitude. You get free and you go back to that pattern. You get free, you're like the children of Israel. And the children of Israel had peace and then they did what was wicked in the sight of the Lord. It's just, we, we've all been there. Trust me, I know. You're like, how can you speak to it so well? Because I'm that guy too. I'm not just preaching to you, I'm preaching to me. But I feel like there's some of us in this room, we've been playing way too many games. I know you're here tonight and maybe this was like, you know, I had a free weekend. I, I, I can make it. The truth is God's asking for surrender of some things. 
like, I want to be ruined. Well, then let them take some things away from you that you so think you need. I think some of you, 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 you you've made success your God. You, you've, it's, listen, the truth is, it's easy to be successful, but can, it's harder to be successful at being successful. You'll get that. I think there's some of us, we've, we've got thought patterns going on in our head. We've not torn down that idol. We've not torn down that perversion. The truth is, I just feel a wave of this sanctification just coming through and God's identifying areas. Yeah, I'm getting rid of that. No, no more secrets. I'm not living with any more secrets. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not playing any more games. I'm not living this life. I, 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 I want God. I want God. I'm laying it all down. I, I don't know where you're at, but man, I'm telling you, you need to surrender tonight. You, you need to totally surrender to God. Otherwise, all this weekend's going to be is good preaching and that's it. That's all you're going to get. And we've got phenomenal preachers coming, way better than me. And they're going to destroy all kinds of things in the room. And all you'll get is what's tweetable, not what's livable. But friend, I want you to have a fresh encounter with God Almighty that you are forever changed. You are different. You are tra- You are ruined, but you got to lay it down. you got to break those patterns. If that's you, I want you to come join me up here and say, I'm getting rid of this. I'm getting rid of the bitterness. I'm getting rid of the junk. I don't know where you're It's not everybody. No more. No more lies. Jesus, I feel a ruining happening. I feel a ruining happening. Oh God, would you ruin us tonight that we are never the same, that you would transform our lives, that you would transform our seeing, God, that we would see things in the Spirit. I ask that you would release the dreamers right now in Jesus' name, that you would release the prophetic sight. The prophetic gift, I ask it to function at high capacity right now in Jesus' name. Lord, give them eyes to see, eyes to see. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Give us eyes, God, that have been so ruined because we've looked on our our Savior and our Lord. No more. I, I, I really want to lead us in a moment of repentance and then we're going to go into worship real strong and I feel like God wants to do some other things I, I want to lead us truth is I believe you responded because you're like dude I, I'm laying this out I, I've been holding on truth is I feel like some of us thought the majority of us have been holding back pieces of our life you, you, God you can have this but you can't have that part you can't have that section God wants your pain too God wants your, your, your he, he wants he wants totality of everything that you have reserved is that's not he wants it all not pieces not parts not sections he wants all of you the truth is God is not in love with the future version of you he's in love with the you right now he knows what he got when he got you he knew all your weaknesses all your fears all your vulnerabilities all your past all your sin you know and he still wanted you but I think there just needs to be a, a moment of repentance maybe you've been bitter maybe you've been hurt maybe you've been angry I really feel though you need to lay that down tonight I'm sorry for what they did I know it was wrong but the truth is it wounded your heart to a place where you don't trust people anymore or maybe you don't trust God like you should anymore man I feel the presence of God in this room there's a heavy thick presence in this room pray after me say Jesus forgive me I surrender God take this away I don't want this. I want you. Forgive me for replacing you 
with this. Forgive me for ignoring. Forgive me for holding on. I want you to ruin me because I just want you. The only thing I want is you. I need you, Jesus. I want you, Jesus. I want a fresh encounter with you. Come on, if that's you, lift up a shout and let him know. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.